0: LifeWay Audio. Well here we are at our last session of this series, The Stories That Jesus Told. And I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. And it is my sincere and distinct hope that these stories begin to be some of the stories that frame the story of your life now no matter if you're older or younger if you're a student or if you're retired i'm still here to tell you you are in the middle chapters the totality of the story that god is desiring to write in your life in jesus name is still going on just the fact that you're able to hear this to watch this right now proves god is not finished with you yet and i think that This session that we're going to study today is the perfect way to wrap up this series because it really draws us in to a simple thing that we all need to remember is that our lives matter and what we do with our lives is important to the Lord. Let me to look at the camera now Yeah. do not look at it. So today we're going to be looking at what is commonly called the parable of the talents. And you find this in Matthew 25 verses 14 to 30. Now the first thing I want to say right off the get-go is when we hear the parable of the talents, we have the tendency to think of talents as special skills or special giftings that we might have. And that is how we use the word talent, like America's Got Talent or these different ideas. But in the Bible, the talent was actually a unit of measurement, and so uh, different scholars have different beliefs as to the exact unit of measurement that a talent was, but most people would say that a talent was what they would call 100 denarii. Now, A denarius was one day's wage for the average worker. So if you think about a hundred of those, you're talking about a third of a year's salary. That's what a talent was. Now in this story, in this parable that Jesus told, there is a wealthy businessman and he is going to go traveling. And so he calls some of his employees, his servants, to him. And he entrusts to each servant a different number of these talents. To one servant, they got five talents. right? So you can imagine five talents would be like over a year and a half of wages. To another was given two talents. So about a year's salary. And to the third one, they were just given one talent, which was still a huge amount. And it says that each one were given to according to their ability. So now right there, it's such an Important lesson for us because we have a tendency to look at other people and say, "Oh, why well, don't I have what they have?" Or I look at someone else and say, "Oh, I wish I could sing like that person's." Life. And listen, no, no, God gives what He wants to give to each one of us, and our job is not to wish we had a different set of gifts and talents. Our job is to say, "Thank you, Lord, for what You've given me," because each one of these servants, they had a responsibility from their employer to leverage what he has given them to make more. So it's a fascinating idea that Jesus would actually use a parable of the kingdom of something like investment banking, where you give your money to someone and their job is to trade with your money to be able to increase that money, to be able to bear fruit with that money. And Jesus uses that picture right here in the parable of the talents. So each person gets their Resources. And you would think there's yourself, man, an employee gets to uh, use their, their master's money. And in that culture, it was a prestigious thing to be able to do this. So the master would go away and then he came back later and he wanted each one of these servants to give an account for what they did. Now, for the person who had five talents, he came back and said, hey, I, here's your five talents back and I made you five talents. And that servant is rewarded because they took what their master gave them and they used it to bear more. And the, the, the owner was so stoked and he was like, listen, well done, good and faithful servant, great job. For the, for the person who had two talents, he came back and said, here's your two talents and I made you two more. So each one of these servants doubled what they were given. And again, praise. But what's amazing is, is the final servant who got one talent came back and said, hey, listen, I knew that you were a tough boss and I didn't want to lose your money, so I buried it. Here's your one talent back." And what you find, very provocatively, is that the owner gets upset, frustrated with this servant. He said, you could have at least put it in the bank and I could have gotten a little interest, but because you didn't use what I gave you, I'm gonna take your talent, I'm gonna give it to the person who has a lot of talents and you're not worthy to be my servant and puts the servant out. Now, you might say to yourself, wow, what does this mean for us? Well, simply this. First and foremost, this does not mean that we're saved by works. Because we have a tendency, we hear that, we're like, "Wait, does this mean that not only am I saved by believing in Jesus, but I'm saved by the things that I have to do for Jesus? No, listen, we are saved by faith through grace apart from works. The Apostle Paul makes that abundantly clear in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. But once we are saved by faith, Because of God's grace, we are then saved unto good works. And you get that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says that we are Jesus' workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in. So it doesn't mean that we're saved by our works. It means we're saved into good works. And really... The, uh, the writer of the book of James, James, tells us that really faith without works is dead because we know what we believe by the way that we live our lives. So I need to make sure that we get that out there right up front because you might say to yourself, oh my gosh, does this mean that like what I do is going to be able to secure my salvation? No, what you do proves who you are. And really what God is looking for according to this parable is for us to leverage whatever God gives us and to bear fruit through what he's given us. So rather than being distracted by worrying about what someone else has or what we wish we had, our job is to say, this is what God has entrusted to me, And now my job is to make something with it for the glory of God. This teaches us also an important principle about our lives. And it's simply that your life is not your own. You are actually a steward of your life. Now that word steward is not a word that we use commonly in our culture, but it is very uh, significant in the Bible. And it means that you're not the owner of it. It's somebody else's, but you have a great responsibility with it. Now, it's an important thing when you realize that your life is not your own because it says in the scriptures, you are not your own, you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God with your body and with your life. And so really what it means is our lives are God's and God has entrusted these lives to us and then our job is to make something that glorifies Him and blesses other people with it. And that is a responsibility that God has given to each one of us. Remember previously I said there's the knobs on our side of the wall? Well, guess what? What you do with what God has entrusted to you, God holds you responsible for. And what that means is that it's important for us to say, God, who have you created me to be? That's the first thing. And then, God, what do you want me to do with who you created me to be? Now, I look at my own life. I didn't come to know Jesus until I was in my early 20s, but I've always been someone who people would say had a big mouth. I was that person. I would always be talking to people. Uh, I remember as I, when I was in elementary school and in middle school, anytime there was public speaking, people would be nervous. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And I would get up there and I would talk and all this stuff, and I became a musician. So obviously I spent time and I love entertaining people, having fun with people, interacting with people in that way. And then when I came to know Jesus, I began to realize, oh, All of that was God's giftings that he's placed in my life. But he didn't want me just to use it to be rocking out with the band. He didn't want me just to use it just to make people laugh. He wanted me to use it to share the word of God. I have another friend, a good friend of mine. His name is Luke. Luke, if you were to put him in front of people to talk, he wouldn't say anything. He turned white as a ghost. Oftentimes, at Crossroads, where I get the pleasure of being a pastor, I invite Luke to come and speak to the staff. And he says, no, no, thanks anyway. First he says yes, but then he's he's like, no, I shouldn't do that. But you give Luke a spreadsheet. He's one of those guys where all of a sudden you put him in front of an Excel spreadsheet and he is a genius. He is a virtuoso. Why? Because God has given him the gift of administration. And he loves to put things in order, make sure things work properly. And that's just two examples of different sets of gifts that God entrusts to people. And I'm here to tell you, the way that God put you together is not a mistake. He's given you unique gifts and talents. And the key is to say, God... Who have you made me to be? And then, Lord, what do you want me to use these gifts for to be able to bear fruit like the person who received the five talents and the person who received two talents? Because what happens is when we are willing to ask that question, we begin to get a clue into what is my purpose in life? What has God made me for? And where am I supposed to find myself within the the body of Christ, the people of God? And how do I meet the world... And it's places the pain in the name of Jesus with the unique gifts that God has given me. And I want you to take a moment and think about that. Because we have a tendency to not like who God made us to be. And if we understand who he made us to be, we have a tendency not to want to do anything. And I'm here to tell you, when we don't like what God made us as, or when we don't do anything with what God has given us, we're actually the final servant who had those gifts who didn't do anything with it. So really what we learn is that God is a God of fruit bearing. Haven't we seen this all through these parables? It keeps coming up. God wants fruitfulness. God wants fruitfulness. And I'm here to tell you, the main way that we become fruitful is we abide in Jesus and then we join Jesus in the work that He wants to do in our communities, in our world, with the gifts and talents that He's entrusted us to. Now I want to tell you, Don't worry if you're like, man, I'm not a five-talent person. I'm not a two-talent person. Man, I'm not even a one-talent person. Listen, whatever God has given you, God wants to leverage. He gave it to you for a purpose. So we need to join Him and say, God, how do you want to use these gifts? And when we do that, we become salt and light. We become vibrant parts of the body of Christ, and we become the hands and feet of Jesus in the world in which we live in, in this cultural moment, being able to impact people. And I'm here to tell you, every single one of you, uniquely gifted by God, created unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that you would walk in. And God wants to lead us into it. So as we close out our time, trust Jesus, take that step of faith. There's risk involved in the investments that you're gonna make, but I'm here to tell you, there's a greater risk by not doing anything because you miss out on God's best for your life. Thanks for joining me. God bless you. LifeWay Audio.